a podcast. And of course, I'm the podcast guy. So I'm going to say it's better than everything. For most service professionals, the doctor that you don't meet until you actually go into the office, the lawyer that you don't need until something big happens or something bad happens, even online, the coach, the consultant, that you don't really need until you need it. A podcast gives you that platform to talk about it, tell stories about it, share experiences about it, teach people things, and build a relationship with the people. And they become a friend. And then you trust that friend, and that friend starts to give you advice. That's really where the power of podcasting comes in. This is Getting to Yes, the podcast with leaders from all walks of life, exploring their successes, mistakes, and lessons learned in influence and persuasion. Getting others to say yes, and then taking an insight or two to help them achieve even greater things. Today's podcast episode is entitled Why You Should Start a Podcast, and I'm delighted to welcome Danny Osmond, business strategist and podcast consultant for busy professionals and solopreneurs who want to create podcasts that build brand loyalty and make their marketing efforts more effective. While we'll discuss a little bit the actual mechanics of how to start a podcast the right way, I felt it's even more important to discuss how to decide if you should actually start a podcast. Danny's refreshing approach as the owner of Emerald City Productions has made him a sought-after speaker, online educator, and consultant for major corporations and thought leaders. His clients include Salesforce, LinkedIn, the John Maxwell team, Mike Kim, and many others. He's also the host of the highly rated podcast, Podcast Strategies for Growing Your Business, Community, and Influence. And Danny gave me very valuable tips when I launched this podcast, Getting to Yes. So, Danny, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks. I appreciate you having me. Yeah, I'm super psyched about this episode because after so many years, I finally launched my own podcast. And in hindsight, I'm thinking, man, I wish I had started four or five years ago when I first started out. So why don't we start with your backstory? How did you become the go-to person for everything around podcasts? It was kind of circuitous. I started out always wanting to be a musician growing up. And I think it was the thing that was easiest for me to understand. I went to university, got a master's degree in choral conducting. I was really serious about it and spent about 10 years in Washington, D.C., working for nonprofit arts organizations and building that career. But some life changes about 15 years ago now. My daughter was born and she had some medical issues and we needed some flexibility. So I had to really quickly figure out what type of job could I have where I could work from home or have a lot of flexibility. And I never considered this stuff. And back then, working from home was probably not as prevalent. Right. It's not like oh, yeah. COVID has established as perfectly fine to work from home. Exactly. And there weren't the tools and all those things. They were in their infancy. And I knew a little bit about recording because I'd been a musician and I was like, oh, okay, well, I could do this. And I know there's one style of music that I know really well. And I can do that. And I can record people at my house. And I could travel to record people. So I started a recording studio and grew it, moved to Nashville and had a recording studio there. But working with musicians was at times frustrating. I had no diversity, really, in the business. And it was rely on this, break even at the end of the year, make ends meet, 
I can't really grow this. What's going on? Everything's changing because at the time, musicians were starting to record themselves more at home. And I started listening to podcasts just as entertainment while I was running and then started learning things and started listening to business podcasts. And then I started to think about, well, couldn't I work with podcasters? This is sort of the same thing. Let me see if I can figure this out. So I started reaching out to the podcasters that I was listening to and saying, hey, can I help you? And I started doing it for free. And then people started paying me. And then they were like, hey, could you do this? And hey, do you know this? Could you help me with my business? What should I do here? How should I improve the SEO on my site and all this sort of stuff? And I got into learning all these things. I met people like Mike six or seven years ago now. And in those last seven or eight years, my business has fully transitioned from being a music recording studio to a podcast production and launch business where now we are working with lots of busy service professionals that are lawyers, small law firms, doctors, health professionals, chiropractors, accountants, therapists, coaches, consultants, online businesses, helping them launch and grow and manage their podcast each and every week. Yeah. And you and I talked last year when I was just about to launch this podcast and you gave me some really valuable pointers. And one of the things for me that really stood out that recording a podcast can be a lot of fun if you don't have to do all the production stuff, the backend stuff, etc. So we're going to talk a little bit more of that, how you help people with that. But why don't we dive deeper on what entrepreneurs, influencers, and agents of change should consider when deciding whether a podcast is indeed a smart move. Everyone may be saying, yeah, podcasts are the best, but are they really the best? And right. who are the best for? So let's unpack that part. Yeah, there's all levels of marketing that you can do, whether you're an online business or you're a brick and mortar business, whether you're a local business or whether you're talking to the whole world. And it was all really confusing for me of like social media, what should we do there? What is digital marketing? What is SEO? What, should I buy ads? Should I do some direct marketing? What about referrals? I need referrals too. Okay, content market. Like there's all these different things. And it finally started to make sense to me when I started to think about it as investments, like an investment strategy. Your short-term investments are your ads, okay? Social media ads or Facebook, Google ads, I heard it described recently as kind of like ads above the urinal in the bathroom. You put it up there, you try to catch people's eye and hope that they're going to click on something. <laughs> then you've got your medium, like medium-term investments, which is social media, because you're promoting, you're posting regularly, you're talking about things, you're trying to get some engagement, you're trying to start some sort of conversation. But your long-term investment is things like your podcast, content marketing, your blog, YouTube channel, a book is a long-term investment. It's something where you put your body of work, all the things you know, your expertise, your stories, your advice into something and you put it out there consistently, and people then have a chance to really get to know you, understand what your expertise is. And that's where it becomes key. A podcast, and of course, I'm the podcast guy, so I'm going to say it's better than everything. Some people, like an Instagram fitness influencer, a podcast isn't necessarily maybe their best thing, because they're going to want to show what they're doing, how the visual is going to be really important and results and things like that. But for most people, for most service professionals, the doctor that you don't meet until you actually go into the office, 
the lawyer that you don't need until something big happens or something bad happens. Even online, the coach, the consultant, the entrepreneur that you need their product or the system that they're creating, you don't really need that until you need it. And a podcast gives you that platform to talk about it, tell stories about it, share experiences about it, teach people things, and build a relationship with the people that are listening. And that relationship, and if you're listening to this podcast, you know, if you're listening to other podcasts, you know that that host becomes someone who's with you a lot. They're with you in the car. They're with you while you're working out. They're with you while you're walking your dog. They're with you while you're cooking dinner and you can't look at a screen and they become a friend. And then you trust that friend and that friend starts to give you advice. That's really where the power of podcasting comes in. That's the why of why all entrepreneurs, all influencers, all thought leaders, all professionals, brick and mortar should be considering something like a podcast because it gives you that chance to build trust ahead of time. Yeah, this is such an important point that unlike any other content medium, you're not going to sit there reliably every week and watch a certain person's YouTube maybe. But if you're on your way to work and you're driving, you're creating new habits, you're on your commute and you start listening to podcasts because it's so easy to do while you're driving, you're essentially creating habits. And these habits, they're strengthened over time. And it's just a normal thing that you do. You listen to this podcast and that podcast. So I was never really a podcaster. And maybe that's why I missed the boat on launching my own podcast. But I know that it may not be directly measurable, but you're definitely influencing people's perception of you, you create thought leadership, and it does not matter that people watch or listen to every podcast episode. What's even more important is that you have a podcast and that is sort of the credential of being a thought leader. You look like a thought leader because you have the podcast, you have the book, etc. Definitely. So beyond just the big why, why people should start a podcast, why is it even more important for service professionals to really launch a podcast? What can doctors, lawyers, accountants get from launching their own podcast? Yeah, like I was saying, it's trust. I think about recently, uh, I live in Orlando, Florida, and here everybody has solar panels. It's actually against the law in Florida for a homeowners association to prevent people from putting solar panels on their home because mm -hmm. it's such a great thing. Like we did... All of December, self-consumption didn't need any power from the grid at all and gave some back. So I went into this process of, okay, I've got to find a solar company to install solar panels. And in Central Florida, there's thousands of companies that install solar panels. So, you know, it's like everybody with a hammer and a, a drill will install solar panels. So who knows what they're talking about? Who's got a track record? So I go to Google and I go to Google My Business and I'm like, okay, who's got the best reviews? And then I had to read all those reviews and pick a few companies that I wanted to actually reach out to. And I reached out to them. And then I had to schedule a time for them to come out and meet me and tell me things and talk to me about what they would do for our house and show us a proposal and all this sort of stuff. And of course, there were like two or three that were equal in quality and review. And I just picked the person that I trusted the most. I picked the person that I liked the most after meeting them. And that, like I, I said to the guy after we'd signed the contract, I said, hey, if you put six episodes of a podcast on your website, you don't even have to release it to the world. 
just if you'd had some form of content where I could hear you ahead of time, you could teach me something, I could be like, wow, this guy seems to really know what he's talking about. I trust this person. I would have even had to have this meeting. You could have sent me a proposal electronically and I would have sent it back to you and we would have been good. We could have had a Zoom call or something like that. You don't have to be driving around town. And it's really the same for service professionals is it gives people the opportunity to meet you without having to show up in your office where they already have a problem and they're already stressed out. It gives them that period of time to connect with you that makes it a no-brainer for them to sign up for your services. And that happens in a number of ways. I've had lawyers tell me, personal injury attorneys, they're like, I don't want to do a podcast about personal injury because after four or five episodes, that's going to get boring and it's going to get depressing for people. And they're going to think like, oh my gosh, all the insurance companies are just terrible and they're mistreating everybody. And they say, I don't want to do that. And I say, no, you don't have to do that. You could you could talk about, if you're focusing on a certain area, you could talk about the area that you live in. You could interview people, owners of restaurants that you like. You could feature the school principal of the high school and and talk about their career and what they're seeing. And you could just be like the digital mayor for your area and give people a place where they can learn more about where they live. And then they know you're a lawyer. They know you're a nice person. And when they need a lawyer or if they have a friend that needs a lawyer, any type of lawyer, they're going to think, oh, who's the lawyer that I know? I'm going to go to this lawyer and they can refer me to someone else. And the lawyers make referral fees and things like that. But it's still a way for people to get to know you. And that's the real benefit for service professionals is they get past that awkwardness of, I've got to do this big thing for somebody. They have a really personal problem. They're going to walk into my office and they've never met me and I have to establish a relationship and rapport right away so that they trust me when I advise them to do something that is really important or crucial to their health or anything like that. I've also seen, for instance, I shared, we work with some therapists. For therapists, it's it's been a way for them to take their practices nationally or global. I have one therapist who, she felt like she'd created a good system that was helping a lot of people, but she could only see 25 people a week. So she started a podcast so that her platform then became, at this point now, it's 25,000 people per week. She goes on vacation in Spain and walks into a, a pharmacy and the person behind the counter recognizes her because she listens to her podcast. It's that type of thing where you can help more people. Or I think about doctors and how if people are embarrassed about a problem they have or worried about a problem that they have and they're the type that they're not going to go to a doctor until they're in the, the ambulance on the way to the emergency room. Hearing a story from another patient about, here's how I realized I had this issue, and here's how the doctor helped me. Absolutely. And sharing that story on a podcast yeah. normalizes it for other people to maybe get help before it's too late or to prevent things that they could be preventing. And that's that's why I see it as it's, it's a, I often talk about it as referral marketing on a grand scale because it is the chance for you to establish trust and friendship with people that have a problem and need to go to a friend to ask advice and have their problem solved. And you can point them in the right direction, which is you, while you're the host of a podcast. Yeah. There, there's so many psychological principles behind this. You know, one of them is the mere exposure effect that what you see 
frequently you develop an affinity for. So the more mm -hmm. they get to just see your podcast promotion, podcast description, the more they listen to it, the more they will build an affinity. And as you said, if people have to choose between two practitioners or two service providers, which one do you pick? Well, you mm -hmm. pick the one that you feel more familiar with it. That's the reason why Coca-Cola and Geico are still advertising to create that connection. Yeah. Uh, I also like the aspect of the referral marketing. And yes, in, in some ways, you know, you can interview other people or you can access other people's mm -hmm. platform to get your message out. So sometimes with this podcast, I decided I don't want to make it all about marketing. I want to interview influencers that have something to say on motivation, what gets people to say yes, how do you persuade people? And obviously influencing people with podcasts is, is one such vehicle to do it. So that's mm -hmm. why I love it. The other thing that we always tell our doctors or clients is that, hey, the best way to fill your practice is when you first knew you, you start getting referral partnerships with other providers in town. But it can be awkward to establish that relationship. How do you go to a doctor and say, hey, I'm new in town, send me your patients instead of, you know, saying, hey, I have a podcast where we talk about XYZ. I would love to have you on the show. That person has very easy time saying, yes, let's do it because you first give. And then at the end of the podcast, the conversation naturally turns to, so what do you do? How can I help you? You know, what are you looking for? How can we partner, right? It's mm -hmm. a natural transition that now that I have a podcast, I see so many more opportunities coming my way mm -hmm. for connecting with other thought leaders, but also influencing your actual clients. Yeah, there was actually a recent study that was released in the psychological journal PLOS One that found that participants who listened to more podcasts per month and developed parasocial interactions with the hosts of the podcast actually felt more related to others and had more significance in their lives. You know, we hear about this current issue that a lot of people have loneliness and people aren't connected anymore and, and the pandemic separation that made things worse, but the people that are listening to podcasts have actually fared better in, in some of those interactions in their life because they have that social connection, even though it's a one-way social connection, they feel like they're part of a group. They feel like they're part of a community or part of a relationship. Absolutely, I love that. So I love to turn a little bit more practical. So once an entrepreneur, once somebody has decided that yes, a podcast is, probably right for me at this time, my business uh, is at the right stage or my cause, my mission it, it can benefit from more exposure. What do they need to have in place at the minimum? How do they have to go about launching a podcast? Yeah, it's one of those things where it's gotten a lot easier than it used to be. It's so much easier, but for so many people, it's still hard, it's still difficult podcasting, it's similar to a blog where you've got to set some things up and you've got to have a website and you've got to add it to your website and you've got to connect it to podcast directories so that it shows up on people's iPhones and Apple podcasts and things like that. So there's technical things that you have to learn and you have to figure out. There are hurdles, but like I said, the hurdles have gotten easier. It used to be that the tech was crazy. Like you had to have a mixing board and microphones and compressors and all these things that you plugged in and and then you got to connect your phone call in with this and that but now it's like usb microphone plug into your laptop open up zoom or riverside or something like that and you're recording a podcast 
And then if you don't want to edit, you don't have to edit. You could certainly put it out there. You can put it out there easily. But then there's the people that, you know, I need to edit. I need to sound like we know what we're doing or we had this technical difficulty and there were 10 minutes where we were trying to figure it out. I got to cut that out of the recording at least. So the, if you're the the technically inclined type that is already editing your own TikTok videos and things like that, you probably can figure out how to edit a podcast. But then you obsess over, oh, oh I, I, I said that terribly. I need to cut that out. And three hours later, your 20-minute podcast episode is done editing. Like I say, there's hurdles. But it really is now as simple as get a USB microphone, plug it into your computer, record in Zoom, and learn a little bit about the back end of how do I actually release this. Sign up for a media hosting account like with Libsyn or Buzzsprout or Simplecast or something like that. Then I can connect it and it will release it to the places that I want it released. That's the easy part. But what people need to know is that if you are the type that's going to struggle with any of that, you need to be ready for that learning curve. And then you need to be ready. Like I talked about podcasting as a long-term investment. You need to be ready to consistently put a podcast episode out for six months, a year, to really build up, like I said, that body of work. This is about people hearing you, people hearing that every other week or every week or once a month, you're going to show up on the same day and talk for a half hour, 45 minutes, an hour, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, whatever, about something, sound intelligent, connect with them, and keep going. And then be there that next week, and be there two months from now, and be there five months from now. And in that six month, refer back to an earlier episode that people may have missed because they came in late. That's the real, I think, the difficulty and the thing that people need to be ready for with podcasting is that you're building a relationship. And if you were trying to build a friendship with someone, you wouldn't show up to a coffee meeting three weeks in a row and then ghost them for two weeks and then show up again and expect them to be there. So that's what you have to think about as you're getting into it. The tech has gotten a lot easier. Most people over the last two years, I was talking, I, I interviewed Tom Schwab from Interview Valet on my podcast yesterday. And we were talking about how man, over the last two years, this is great. Like everybody knows how to use Zoom now. They likely have a microphone. They figured out that they had to use headphones or earbuds or something like that to make it better. They've gotten more comfortable being on video. It's so much easier to grab video now. He has a uh, study coming out where they study how interviewing has changed. And two years ago, it was something like 13% use video on their interviews or request video that people be ready for video. Now it's something like 65%. It's automatically people recording video so they can use it for YouTube or TikTok or whatever in addition to their podcast. That's where it's gotten easier, but it still remains the same is that podcasts are about connection. Podcasts are about consistency. Podcasts are about getting started, starting ugly, and figuring out who is your audience? What do they want? What questions do they have? Answer those questions for them three episodes from now when you when you figure that out. Get some reviews so you can hear what people think about the podcast and what they need and what they want. Interview people. Bring on people that you coach in your business uh, and do live coaching sessions so people can start to see what it's like to work with you. Get creative and get going because like you said, you wish you'd started three, four or five years ago because think about the audience you would have built up. 
at this point or think about the level of trust the even the body of work I, I talk about it's like authors who write a book or people who are professional speakers or i know you and i met through the the virtual summit world the virtual conference world and if you're trying to promote things like that people will go to your website and they'll see like oh wow this person has done 60 episodes of their podcast that's commitment let me listen to a few. Oh, wow, they can actually talk and communicate. No brainer. I'm going to sign I'm going to sign them up. I'm going to schedule them to speak at my conference. It's that type of effect that you see that, you see client leads, you see product sales, you see all these types of things coming from the platform, but you've got to get over that hurdle of getting started. You just have to get started so you can start to grow it. Podcasts don't go viral. Like they really don't go viral. And I, I tell people that all the time. Like don't come in expecting to get your 14 million views like you would on a, a viral YouTube video or something like that. It's not going to happen. This is this is the watering hole. This is the place that people come to talk and learn and, and have a connection. Yeah, for me, the biggest hurdle was really nailing down what is this podcast about? What do I want the listener to feel or take away? How do I want them to see me so that that vision, that perception connects really to my business that people understand, okay, this guy is a persuasion expert. Oh, he has a marketing agency. The inference is the guy knows how to persuade people to buy stuff, right? So figuring out the underlying mechanics of what do people need to perceive me as for me was probably the biggest thing and probably the reason why I didn't start years ago because I felt, well, I haven't really honed this or I haven't really detailed it. So I spent a lot of time with your help, with my Kim's help, with other people's help, refining, you know, what is that podcast angle and how does it fit to the bigger thing? And then, as you said, the technical aspects were actually fairly simple. Now everyone uses a USB mic. You pick your choice of recording platform. You have a hosting service where the episode is hosted and it makes its way onto Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, etc. So the technical part is actually the easiest part, As but as you said, it's the commitment to be consistent with your episodes. And I like to batch record and be always four to eight episodes ahead of time. So I will always be on time every Tuesday, 8 a.m. That episode will release. And before you know it, I mean, I feel I just got started. I'm now 18 episodes in and it's like, wow, this really builds up really quickly. And I find I always learn something from my guests. It's not just me giving them a platform, but there's definitely some personal insights, learning, development that when you spend time with somebody for half an hour, 45 minutes, you'll learn something. So where can people go to find out more about your services, how you help with launching a podcast, producing a podcast and the like? I think the place to start would be emeraldcitypro.com. That is Emerald City Productions, which is my company where we have a wonderful team of editors and copywriters and operations people and account managers that help our 40 plus clients at this point get their things done every week. We're launching 10 to 15 podcasts a year. So we're working with all types of different clients. Um, you know, I mentioned a lot of the types that we work with, but you know, we just launched a show, a grape growing consultant for vineyards has a show now and another guy who owns a communications tower construction company where he started a podcast to advocate for workers in the industry. So you may think, oh, a podcast wouldn't be right for my industry, but literally there's a podcast about everything. 
So Emerald City Pro is a great place where you can go. You can see what we do, but also like I've got a quiz on there where you can take a quiz and you can figure out would it be right for you to work with us and and have done for you services or are you the the do-it-yourselfer type? Um, Because I do have resources where I've got courses and resources, lists, checklists, things that you can download if you're the do-it-yourselfer type and and maybe you already have equipment or you've done a lot of work on thinking about your podcast, but you just need that. What do I actually do to start my podcast? Got a lot of that stuff there. So emeraldcitypro.com is the, the best place to go. Fantastic. Danny, thank you so much for sharing all your amazing nuggets of wisdom. As always, I let our guests have the final word. So what do you want folks to remember as they go forward into 2023? I think the best advice I can give is start ugly. Just whatever you're doing this year, start ugly. It doesn't have to be perfect. Most things that you do, it's that hurdle of actually getting started that that stops people. They want it to be perfect, whether it's imposter syndrome or something like that. They don't think that they're worthy to talk about something or share something. Just get started. You'll feel much better and you'll do much better in the end. Very well said. So thanks, Danny. Thanks for everyone listening, and we'll see you next week. I believe mastering persuasion is one of the most essential skills in life, and certainly in business, because nothing ever happens without a yes. Yet we can only effectively influence other people's decisions when we truly understand how the brain makes those decisions. Once you master the decision-making formula, your message becomes ever more clear and influential. Join us next week for our newest episode of Getting to Yes. And if you enjoyed this episode, hit subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever else you're listening. And feel free to share it with colleagues and friends. I'm your host, Uli Iselo. See you next week.